Hello, and welcome back for episode three of Learning to Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Emily, and I could not be happier to have you here. And I honestly mean that, guys, because I'm well aware that my audio and tech skills are subpar. So thank you to anyone who is listening and bearing with me for these first few interviews. As for a little life update, I'm just honestly perplexed as to what happened to January. I cannot believe it's February. And furthermore, I can't believe that we have sunshine and that it's 40 degrees here. This last week was negative 20 for about three days in a row at some point in the day. Other than that, I've just been very busy with the podcast, to be honest. It's a lot of work. I love it, and I feel so honored to be talking with such inspiring guests whom donate their time to chat with me. And it just, it fills my heart. I truly appreciate everyone who agrees to come on here and for you guys for listening. It truly means the world to me. On to today's guest, I have the wonderful Allie Dawson of Actually Alexandra here. If you needed some inspiration, then you have tuned in to the right day because Allie has had such a journey and just continues to grow each and every day to where she is living her ultimate truth. I will give a disclaimer that for anyone sensitive to eating disorder talk, maybe skip to the 25 or 30 minute mark as we do begin the conversation with Allie sharing her journey with mental health and her eating disorder, plus how she self-recovered from it. It's not that what we discuss is bad or scary, but it's real life, and I know for some people that can be triggering. If that is you, just skip ahead or maybe listen in, and maybe it inspires you to make a change or to face your own face your own demons. You never know what's going to happen. It's truly inspiring, her journey of how much she struggled and then how she pulled herself out after so long. Furthermore, just let her story be a guide for you, and maybe this helps you, or maybe it helps you help a friend or family member who is struggling in this area of life. And either way you look at it, Allie's journey was long and rough, but she made it. And so can you, or so can anyone you know who may be suffering from mental health that they haven't gotten help for yet, or eating disorders, either way. And listening to how Allie pulled herself out of it truly gave me chills, and I hope you guys find her to be as inspiring as I do. Beyond that, we talk about another subject near to my heart, which is making your own path. Allie, similar to me, chose to forego the traditional college route and instead embrace this crazy unknown road with no definite end destination. Since then, she's become an entrepreneur alongside her best friend, and the two of them work to connect young women in a rather new age concept that I think you'll find fairly interesting. I don't want to give too much away, you'll just have to listen in and figure out what these two girls are up to. Okay, I'm done rambling, let's jump right in. Hello Allie, and welcome to Learning to Thrive. I'm so happy to have you here today. Hi, thank you for having me, I'm so excited. To start off, what was the best part of your day so forth? Um, Today, so usually my days start with a morning walk, which is like always the best part of my day, but it was zero degrees today, so instead, Grace, my roommate, and I We went to the grocery store in the morning and we like listened to all of our favorite music. Um, And that's just like, it's so simple, but it gets my day started so good. Like I love just listening to my favorite music and driving. And yeah, so, so far (laughs) that was the best part. I love that. I wish my day had started like that. (laughs) So to start from the beginning, if you don't mind taking us back a bit, I'd love to delve into your journey with mental health. Oftentimes, I feel this topic gets glazed over because we all know it's there, yet we never really look past the surface level. As you are someone who has overcame mental health and you live a rather invigorating life free from its clutches, so could you just kind of take us back and share your journey with where it all started and in what way? Yeah, definitely. Um, It's definitely been a long journey. 
I, there's no really like clear point as to where it really started. I guess once I was going through it, I kind of realized I had always had um, traits of mental health issues like throughout my life, but it got really bad my junior year of high school. So my freshman year of high school, I had started seeing the school therapist just because my mom wanted me to. Um, and I really didn't want to, I didn't know why, but she wanted me to. So I started doing that, but it really like, it didn't like take turning point until my junior year. I had always been a very self-conscious person. I never really had a lot of self-esteem. Um, but it was weird because it, it never really had anything to do with my body. It was mostly about who I was as a person. I was like really embarrassed of myself. I just remember my whole life, I kind of would put on this act because I didn't want to show like my true self. I just thought I was so afraid of others judging me. But my junior year is when everything kind of just took a turn for the worst. I was dating a guy in the summer, like before my junior year. and the se in September of my junior year of high school, we broke up, things fell through, and I took it, like, very hard. I was, like, sick for days after. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was, like, devastated, and I, after school every day, I would just come home and go right to bed and just lay in bed, um, and I literally just, like, I couldn't even look at food. It would just make me sick, so that's kind of how everything started, like, I know that sounds crazy, but that's kind of like the turning point of everything. Um, but really, I look back and it was so it was not about the boy at all. It was about how I had always felt about myself my whole entire life. And that was just kind of me hitting rock bottom and kind of wondering, like, why aren't I good enough? Like, I'm not good enough. I'm unworthy. I'm not lovable. And that's what it all stemmed from. So after that, like I said, I went through a period of weeks where I just couldn't even look at food. Um, my mom would make us dinner and I couldn't even eat because I just felt so awful about myself. That was in September. And then in December, things really took a, like that's when everything started getting really bad. Um, no one knew what I was going through. No one knew that I was restricting because it started really innocently. In December is when I kind of started consciously restricting. And I remember I was, just at the gym with my friend and I was forcing myself to run on the treadmill. I hated running, but I was forcing myself and I stopped the treadmill and I looked at her and out loud, I just, I said, I think like life would be so much easier if I just didn't eat. And then I threw up everything that I ate. And that honestly, like hearing me say that out loud right now, it just, it's so crazy, but that was my mentality. And we just like laughed it off. Like it was funny. But that night I went home from the gym because like I said, I hated the gym. And I just like, I turned into this self-conscious person of like hating my body and needing to change everything about my appearance. Um, so that's what I turned to. I turned to not eating and purging whenever I did eat and that was in December and nobody found out about that until April of my junior year that is when my mom had gotten an email from my teacher saying I was failing a class and it was English so I couldn't pass my junior year if I didn't pass pass English and she we got in a huge fight that night she was asking me why I was failing and I just kind of laid it out laid it all out on the table. I was crying. I was screaming. Um, 
I told her I was really depressed. I told her I was having a really hard time focusing in school because all I could focus on was calories and not eating and working out and like food and exercise and the obsession over my body was taking over my mind so much that I was failing my junior English class. So that night we got in a huge fight and it ended up like me screaming at her. That's why I throw up everything that I eat. And I just remember like, she didn't believe me at first. She was like, Oh yeah, really? Like, like that's not true. And I went in my room and I literally took from under my bed, the evidence that I had to show her. And I was like, Oh, you don't believe me. And that was the night, like everything changed from there. It was, I was in and out of hospitals. Like the second my mom found out she, she had no clue what to do. She had not dealt with eating disorders. Um, I was seeing an eating disorder doctor like the next week. I was not, I was barely going to school because I was in doctor's appointments so much. Um, Once people found out, I felt really pressured to be anorexic. You know, like I, I felt like I had to be the perfect quote, perfect anorexic. And that's when I started restricting even more, purging even more. Like everything happened really quickly. So my mom found out in April. And then by May, I was in inpatient eating disorder treatment. I was, (laughs) I was in school my junior year and my mom like came and literally just picked me up from school and took me to the hospital. Um, so I missed the last two months of my junior year because I was in treatment. I was in treatment for about two, over two months. And I had a feeding tube. I was on chair rest. I was off of exercise. Like I had to be sitting all day because I was told that my, if I move too much, if I exercise too much, like I was at risk for a heart attack, but I didn't care at that point. I, I truly didn't value my life. I had started self-harming pretty badly. I became really suicidal. I have journals and journals from my hospital treatment stays of just like me being miserable, talking about how much I hated life, how things would never get better, how I wanted to die. Um, And yeah, so from May of my junior year, 2013, until 2016, I was in and out of hospitals. I spent my 19th birthday in a hospital. I mean, I spent months in hospitals just, you know, and I didn't want to get better. So I thought that would always be my life. Looking back now, how do you think your mom and I believe you have brothers, if I'm correct, how do you think like this all went over with them? Because I too had my very long journey with eating disorders and it wasn't until recovery and now that I've truly looked back and thought, what the hell did I put them through by doing that? Yeah. So just in case anyone else is struggling with this, I think that is a very important factor to take into consideration. And so do you have any thoughts on maybe like what your brothers or your mother went through, like any particular things that, you know, if you just had to give out as a little bit of advice, kind of, what would, what would you say? I mean, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I put my family through so much. Um, I mean, my mom was afraid that I was going to die. She had doctors telling her that her daughter was close to death and I wasn't doing anything about it. I wasn't fighting for myself. And that was really selfish of me. Um, And I couldn't even see it at the time to fight for my family. But 
I mean, as like a mother hearing that your daughter could die from what she's putting herself through, or even just seeing your daughter be so sad and so miserable, just like she used to tell me how sad it would make her and how scared she was for me. And I know I'm really close with my oldest brother. I know it was super hard for him to see me like that too. And they never thought that, I mean, we never, none of us ever thought we would see the end of it. And they fought so hard for me. They did whatever it took. And I know at that point I was really mad at them. I, I just became really angry at all of their efforts to save me because I didn't want to be saved and I didn't want them to try and save me. And I just viewed it as they were ruining my life because they were trying to, you know, get rid of my eating disorder. I thought they were like trying to make me gain weight and make me unhappy. But the truth is they saw that I wasn't going to fight for myself and they were terrified. So they knew they needed to fight for me. And I guess my advice for anyone going through it right now is to realize that because like I said, I took it out as anger. I was really angry at them. But if you're going through it and you're feeling that anger towards your mom, who's making you go to treatment or your brother, who's like talking to your doctors, um, just realize that it is so scary for them. It is so scary for them to see someone they love be so, so sick and so miserable. And I think realizing what I was putting them through was something that really helped me eventually get through it. And what were those first steps that you took, not that were forced on you, or maybe they were at the beginning, but that you eventually embraced in order to overcome your eating disorder and, you know, your mental health being out of control? How did you find a solution instead of just covering it up time and time again? So at first, it was forced. Um, I was always forced to go into treatment centers um, by my mom. And then when I was 18, I finally had the choice of do I want to go to treatment? Like my doctors were telling me, you need treatment. And I was saying no. Um, But I had gone off to college and it was my second semester of my freshman year. I was at the lowest point I have ever been. still self-harming, still suicidal. Um, One of the worst periods of restriction I've ever been through. Um, My mental health was seriously struggling. And I just remember um, my grandfather actually had passed away a few months before. And my last conversation with him, I had said, I promise you that like, I am going to recover one day. And I didn't believe it at the time, but I knew I had to promise that to him. And so a few months later, I picked up and I left college um, and I went to treatment and I checked myself in for the first time ever. I ended up staying only two weeks before I checked myself out. And that's because I realized that recovery was my choice and that treatment in the past had never really helped me and that I wanted to help myself. So while I was in treatment, I found myself a therapist Before, it was always my mom finding my therapist, forcing me to go. But while I was in treatment, I found myself a new therapist. I booked a first appointment with her, and I checked myself out of treatment. And that was 2016, and that was kind of the day I decided, you know, I'm going to change my life. I don't want to live this way. Like, I had just had to leave my freshman year of college because I'm so sick. I left my junior year of high school because I was so sick. I spent 
my 19th birthday in a hospital because I was so sick. And I just realized like, I want to live like my life is worth more than this. It's worth more than being in and out of hospitals and sitting there and being fed through a feeding tube and being on chair rest. Like I just realized there was so much more to life and I was missing all that my friends were doing everything like that. So I booked the, my first appointment with my therapist. And ever since that, I've had the same therapist who's been a huge help to me, but the turning point in my recovery was really me deciding that I was going to recover. And I stopped seeing all of my doctors. Um, I stopped. The only person I saw was my therapist. I used to have to go for weekly weigh-ins whenever I wasn't in treatment. I would be at the doctor's at least once, two, three times a week. But I decided that was not what I wanted to do. So I literally just took recovery into my own hands. And it was kind of just like a spawn, like a rash decision. Like I'm leaving treatment. I'm doing my own thing. I'm not seeing my doctors. And that kind of sounds crazy, but that's what worked for me. It was like me deciding to finally get my life together and get myself together and deciding that I wanted my life to be more than what it was. That's beautiful. Honestly, that, that gives me chills. And so I think what we can kind of tie this to is that our mental health affects our physical health so much because I've experienced this and what you know you were saying is that it didn't matter when you were in with all these doctors and treatment centers and recovery, they were doing everything they could to support you physically. But I think a large factor that's oftentimes missing in the treatment centers is mental health. And when you went out on your own and sought after a therapist, I think that was so critical because you're taking your mental health into factor then. And when we can focus less on our physical and our body and focus more on what's going on up in the head, that's when true growth can happen. Mm -hmm. And tying into this, in your opinion, how does mental health and self-care co-align? Because I think this is something we oftentimes overlook, that something even such as therapy is a form of self-care. What would you say are kind of your top ways of taking care of yourself mentally? For me, my morning walks are a huge part of taking care of myself mentally. Um, I used to wake up every single morning with anxiety. When I got, when my anxiety got really bad, like every morning I would wake up and instantly before I even opened my eyes, I would feel the anxiety. So I started taking morning walks. And when I first started morning walks, it was like about the movement for me. You know, it was kind of like, I want to get more steps in it formed into this thing where it's just like, I can't even wake up without them. I feel it it just helps my mental health so much. Just getting outside first thing in the morning. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to a podcast. I just, the fresh air and, you know, the sound of the birds and everything, just like the sunshine just helps me so much. I, I don't wake up with anxiety anymore at all. And morning walks have really like changed that for me. So that is a huge thing that I do for self-care. And another thing is just like putting myself in my needs first and not in a selfish way, but if my friends want to go out and do something, you know, that I don't want to do, then I've learned to say no. Or if I'm, you know, working, if I have work to do, but my family is getting together and I really want to go, I've learned to put the work aside and say yes. So I guess just really learning to put, my mental health first has been a huge game changer. And like I said, just like putting myself in my needs first, because 
I never really paid attention to what I needed and what I wanted. So really just like being more in tune with who I really am and staying true to that. But for me, I would say the biggest game changer has been my morning walks. Um, I do it every single morning, like I said, except for, except for this morning when it was zero degrees, but my morning every day now starts like that. Yeah. And movement can be so critical to just, uh, you know, also kind of sometimes get us out of any bad mindset that we're in as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, even the gym for me used to be such an obsession. Um, I used to go just to change my body and change how I looked. And now it is such a form of release, like for my mental health, it gets endorphins flowing, it puts me in a good mood. So now, even like going to the gym is another form of my self care, just because I know it puts me in such a good mood. And it has nothing to do with how I look anymore and everything to do with how it makes me feel. Besides practically, I mean, you self-recovered, which is amazing, and embracing your mental health, you've also made another huge milestone recently. I like to call it living your truth. This past fall, you made the decision to embrace your own work rather than attend college. I actually just did this as well. In September, I went to college for a week, knew it was not right for me at this moment, and decided to take a gap year. So would you mind expanding on this amazing choice you made? Because I I just love it. And so I'd love to know what made you decide that college wasn't the path for you. Yeah, so when I graduated high school, I actually took a gap year as well, but it was I was forced to take a gap year because I was so sick. But then, so then after my gap year, I went off to college. I mean, I grew up my whole life hearing about my brother's college experience. I have my brother, my oldest brother, he's um, like 38. So I'm like the baby. And I heard my whole life about how amazing his college experience was and how I needed the college experience. And so I just grew up thinking I needed it and I never questioned it. I never thought twice about college. So I took my gap year and then I applied to schools for the following year. And I just went off without really, you know, doing even any research on the school I was going to. I just knew I wanted the college experience that everyone talks about. And I got there and I liked it at first. And then a few weeks went by and I just, what I didn't, I became really miserable. Um, my mental health was taking a toll. Like I said earlier, my eating disorder was at its worst. Um, so second semester I left and, but then, so I left and I went to treatment and then the following year I transferred to a new school and I tried to do that because I thought maybe it was the school. Maybe I just need to try a new school and I hated that school. So I transferred again and I hated that. And so finally I just realized I wasn't living my truth. I wasn't being true to myself. I was doing what I thought I had to do and what I thought I should do to have a successful life, to make money, to, like I said, be successful. I thought I needed a degree. I thought I needed a degree to be viewed, like get the nine to five job and just be viewed in a certain way um, and have people be proud of me. But I just realized um, within the past year, I've just done so much work on living my truth. And I realized that college was not part of that. So in August, this past August, I kind of realized like, this is not what I want to do. So I had a conversation with my brother and he was really supportive. And I had the conversation with my mom and she was hesitant, but then supportive. And so 
I just decided like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I left. So did you face any judgment in this choice from, so obviously your, your mom and your brother were support supportive, but did you have any other fear of judgment from people? Um, I guess like my Nana really, because my grandfather, before he passed away, he would always talk about college and how important it was. And he was so proud of my brother for going to college. And I was kind of afraid that she would judge me. Um, And my mom, at first, when I talked to my mom, she was like, you are not doing that. You're going to college. You need to go to college. But when my brother talked to her and was like, you know what? It's okay. Like, I think she'll be fine without college. Then she was on board and she was supportive. So, I mean, honestly, besides my Nana, I I was afraid of her judgment, um, but she didn't really have much to say. But I guess just like everyone else, not even like people that I know necessarily, but just like even on Instagram, I didn't say anything about it for months because I was just like, oh my God, people are just going to think I'm crazy. Just leaving college and, you know, maybe starting my own business and like whatever I'm doing, people are just going to think I'm just making rash decisions and I'm irresponsible. And so I did live in that fear of judgment for a little while, but honestly, I got over it pretty quickly um, because I just knew it wasn't, it just wasn't for me. The day you posted about it officially, I I just found you a little bit before that. And the day you posted about it, I was so relieved because I felt so alone in taking this gap year because I come from a small town and I got the weirdest looks from people when I told them, oh, I'm, I'm just taking a gap year to figure stuff out. And so I just, I love that. I'm curious, the day you decided on it for certain, you said like, that's it. I'm taking my own path. What were your feelings? I was really nervous. I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do. Like I didn't really have a plan of what I was going to do instead of college. I just knew that I didn't want to do college. And I remember like I met my brother for coffee that morning and I had just finished my summer classes. Like my summer classes had literally just ended the night before. And I was just felt this like huge relief. So when I went to talk to him, I was like, yeah, so it was August and I still hadn't signed up for September classes. And we were talking about that. And I I just told him like, I just don't really think I want to go. And saying that out loud, I was so scared. But also it just felt like, like the weight of the world was off my shoulders because I finally said out loud, like college is not for me. And I finally told someone rather than like pretending like it was. How do you think social influence and what I think like the standards of modern day society impact our choice to go to college? I guess I'm just curious, like what your opinion is on idea of social influence on us to attend college? Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure around it. Um, I think people are so afraid to be viewed as, you know, lazy or unsuccessful or not make enough money, you know? People are so scared. We've been kind of like, like scared into going to college because, you know, you need that degree to get the good job and to make money and to be successful in life. But it's not true. Like if maybe you're happy working at a coffee shop and who cares what other people think? Like maybe you want to do that your whole life and other people might think that's stupid, but you don't need a college degree for that. So if that's what you want to do, if that's what makes you happy, go do what makes you happy. I just think there's so much pressure on being successful, but there's not enough emphasis on, well, if it's not what makes you happy, then don't do it. There's just so much, you know, 
this is the way you do life. There's this cookie cutter style of life and we think we need to live like that. And I just don't think it's true. I think we need to start being more accepting that, you know, maybe people don't want to live that cookie cutter lifestyle. Maybe they want to create their own and do whatever makes them happy and chase whatever dreams they have. And maybe those dreams don't involve college and that's okay. Like we need to be more accepting of if you don't go to college, it doesn't mean you're unsuccessful. And it's so true. I mean, honestly, if you're not happy, you know, doing what you're doing, then I just, I feel like someday it's going to come back and bite you. I think we have like this one definition of successful and a lot of people view it as getting the degree, getting the nine to five job and having all the money in the world. But I think I've been able to really like redefine what success means to me. And I think a lot of other people, you know, need to start looking at it in a different way too. And your definition of success is amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away by all you've done. And so if people don't really follow you or know what you're up to, would you mind filling us in on the fact that you and your best friend now live together, are entrepreneurs and traveling all over the world, moving, I believe, to Europe? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is amazing. Would you mind just kind of giving us the lowdown on all of this? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it's kind of a crazy story. Grace, she's my roommate and my business partner now. Um, we met through Instagram, literally like just DM'd one day. We both started as food account and now we're both like total opposite. We hardly ever post food, but we, we started as all food and we just like would DM sometimes we followed each other like from the start. And then there was this natural food, um, convention happening and I remember I was like on my Instagram stories and I was like I really want to go like who wants to come and Grace DM'd me and we ended up we had never met we ended up flying to Baltimore to meet with a group of other girls and we went to this food convention together and that was September 2017 and that's like when we met and then a few months later I flew out to her for another food expo she lived in California I live in Boston. So I flew out to California to stay with her. That was our second time hanging out. Then this past summer, she was in Boston visiting friends and I met up with her for a day and I had just gotten back from Greece and with my family and all we could talk about was Greece. We talked about the whole day and how we wanted to one day go together. So that was that. And then she flew to my house a few months later to go to another food expo. And we actually ended up driving there. So she flew to Boston and then we drove to Baltimore together. And on that road trip, we were just, it was literally like the third, fourth time we'd ever hung out. And we were just talking about how, you know, we really wanted to start a business together. And like, all of a sudden we just were like, let's just move to Europe. On that road trip, we made the decision that we were moving to Europe. We're like, let's do it. We're doing it in May. We're going to start our online business. And that's that. So that was September. Then in Greece, I mean, in October, we ended up going to Greece together, just kind of a spontaneous thing. I knew I went to Greece in May with my family and it was the most life-changing thing for me. And something was just telling me that I needed to go back. And I begged Grace to go with me. She kept saying no. She's like, I don't have money. I don't have time. Like I can't go. But honestly, I, I just wasn't taking no for an answer. So we went to Greece in October. We had the most amazing 10 days of our lives. After that trip, we just had all of the ideas in our heads for like our business, like what we wanted to do. That trip just really like we both felt like so alive and so happy 
and so free and confident and just everything from that trip. And once we got home, like we knew we needed to find a way to bring that feeling to people everywhere. Like the freedom you feel when you travel and just like the happiness and excitement for life. So a few weeks after our trip, we were FaceTiming. I was like, Grace, just move in with me. Like just come move in with me so we can get our business stuff started. And on that FaceTime call, she booked her flight, her one-way flight to Boston, and she came here with one suitcase and is now living with me while we get everything set and starting our business. And we booked our one-ways to Europe for May. So yeah, we've been getting everything. So our business now is Fierce to Freedom. We just launched and we are going to be doing coaching and we do getaways all over Europe. Um, But just like two days ago... So we've had this plan of, okay, we're moving to Europe in May and we've had our one-way ticket for a month. About two days ago, we were like, we can't wait until May. So we just decided for two months until we go to Europe, we're going to move to Bali. I booked the tickets two days ago and in about a month, I will be moving to Bali (laughs) with Grace and another friend of ours that we met on Instagram. We'll be living there for two months and then in May, we're moving to Europe. That just makes me so happy to hear because that is wonderful. When I saw you guys announce that you were moving to Bali, I was like, oh my gosh, go you. <laughs> it was like, that was the, such a last minute decision, such like spur of the moment. Cause we, like I said, we've had our Europe flight for months and now we're just like, we can't wait. So we decided not to wait. Like why wait? And we decided just to go to Bali first. And taking it back a bit, What has been the impact of Grace between just the friendship, her coming to move in with you? What has she made for the better in your life? Um, Honestly, everything. But I mean, I've never been one to be like so 100% myself in front of any of my friends. Um, No matter what friendship I've had, even my closest friends, I've always kind of kept a part of myself reserved and I was afraid of being judged. And I, I just never like truly showed up as myself and grace really allows me to do that. Um, and I've never felt like more myself with anyone and no one else that really like gets me and is just always on the same page as me. Um, and she's just really shown me like what, what a true best friend is like, because I've never had that in my life. I've never had someone who I can just be myself with and they accept that and they don't judge me and they're just like me and we're together 24 7 but we don't ever clash we're always on the same page but also just we work really well because we're really upfront with each other if something's bothering one of us like we'll just say it we don't beat around the bush and we're not passive aggressive about it we just say it um and we work it out like we don't ever fight because we just say things like it is and we tell each other how we feel but she's just she's just shown me like what living life really is. She's just someone who I make spontaneous decisions with and I don't second guess myself. I mean, I do, but I'm so confident in our decisions because she just she's just so happy and so excited for life and it makes me so happy and so excited for life and just having someone, having a friendship like that where we're both just like constantly happy and excited for every single day and getting excited over the littlest things. It's just been so amazing for me and so amazing to see her um, and how happy she is. And it's just like, yeah, it's been really good for me. 
Did you guys fear judgment coming into business at such a young age? And I know even that question plays along the stereotypical norms of society of, you know, young people going into business. But I mean, you guys, you guys are young and you just launched your own amazing business that's, you know, international travel. So did you guys have any fears going into this? Or were you just like, let's do this, let's get this done? Honestly, we were both like, let's do this, like, let's get it done. And just the excitement took over and we didn't really feel the fear. I mean, now that we've launched it, we have definitely moments of, oh my God, what are we doing? But they're, they never outweigh the exciting moments. So, I mean, sometimes I do fear that people won't take us seriously because we are so young. At the same time, I just like, I know what we have to offer is amazing and I know that we'll change lives. So we're just so confident in what, what we're doing that the fear just, I mean, it doesn't even compare. I know you mentioned before your coaching program. Could you give us an idea of what that entails if anyone's possibly looking for something like that right now? Yeah. So we haven't officially launched our coaching program yet. It will launch probably at the end of March. Um, But basically it is going to be a coaching program designed for girls to gain the confidence to follow their dreams, whatever that is. Um, I just know both of us, Grace and I, we were never confident in ourselves. We always lacked the self-esteem. We always talk about it. Um, And I just felt so much doubt my whole life. And I had all these dreams and all these hopes for myself and no confidence to actually follow them. What we really want to do is help girls and help women all over gain that confidence to do whatever it is that they want to do in life, to create a life that they love, like whatever it looks like to them. For us, it's traveling, but for some people, it might not have anything to do with traveling. It just has to do with what is the life that you want and helping you get the confidence to actually live that life and help you truly fall in love with life. Because I just think that everyone deserves to feel that way every day. And so the second part of your business, well, I guess probably the first part as it's already launched is fears to freedom. I know from following you guys of these amazing trips you have planned, (laughs) but would you mind going over what this idea of these getaways are? Yeah. So fears to freedom, there are getaways that we host um, mainly in Europe. They're going to be. And the idea really is focused on empowering women, kind of like our coaching program, but empowering women to believe in themselves, live their dream lives and fall in love with life. Because through traveling, Grace and I have been able to do that. That is what has helped us fall so in love with life. And these getaways are our ways of showing women how traveling can really do that for you, how it can make you feel so free and so alive. But at the same time, it's also going to The main point of them is also to bring together a group of like-minded women because I have never had friends that were like-minded or that wanted to travel or anything like that. So finding like-minded friends is hard enough in the first place, but then finding people to travel with across the world is even harder. I mean, we get comments all the time about our friendship and we want to bring that to people, to girls all over because everyone deserves to have like lifelong best friends like that. And traveling is what has like ignited our passion for life and what makes us so excited. And we just want to show that to everyone. We want everyone to experience what it's like to feel truly alive and, 
you know, drop all of your doubts and your fear and find your version of freedom. Where are these wonderful getaways at? If you, if you can release the locations. Our first one. So the one we have planned right now in May, we have that one's already sold out for Santorini. That was the first one we ever planned. And then in June, we have one in Barcelona. And then we're also having another one in Athens and Santorini. So the girls will, will all have a few nights in Athens and go to Santorini for a few nights. Um, so those are two in June. And then in July, we have more Athens and Santorini. And August, we're not 100% sure yet. And then October, we have another Athens and Santorini. So right now, they're really just Barcelona and then Athens and Santorini. Um, because Athens and Santorini is just like a really meaningful place for both of us. And it's where we truly both feel like we fell in love with life. We took that trip and we kind of documented it all on our Instagram stories. And we got this amazing response from people just saying how like they, they like looked up to our friendship and how they needed something like that and how happy we were and they wanted to feel that happy. And so I think a lot of our community really resonates with the Athens and Santorini trips because they saw the true happiness that we felt there and everyone is like dying for the Athens and Santorini trips. So that's what we're mainly focusing on right now, but we are doing Barcelona too, which I'm super excited. For anyone listening, what would be like the highlight, would you say, of either place, Barcelona or the Greece trips? Barcelona, I think I've never been, so I'm so excited. And it's like, it's just a city where you just walk around and you see everything. I mean, my favorite part of traveling is literally just walking around and exploring. And that for me is always a highlight, but we're doing a local market tour and then, you know, buying all the food and going to have a cooking class, an authentic Spanish cooking class, which I am super excited about. And then we have a picnic planned at this super iconic scenic park, like overlooking the whole city which I think will be really memorable. And then Santorini and Athens, just for me, everything about Greece is life-changing. So every part of that trip, I truly believe that will be so life-changing for people. Um, Santorini, something about it is just so magical and you can't even explain it until you have been there for yourself. I mean, I came home from my trip in May and I told Grace all about it and you know, she got to see for herself in October when we went and she was like, you are right. Like this trip changed my life. I have found my happiest self and everything like that. There's just something so magical about it. Um, but we're going on a sunset boat tour around Santorini, which will definitely be one of the highlights. Um, and obviously we're walking through all the streets, singing Mamma Mia, dancing to Mamma Mia. That's what Grace and I literally did the whole entire time we were there. (laughs) That'll be a highlight. But I think overall on any trip, the highlight is the people that you get to meet and the memories that you get to make and like the lifelong friendships that you will truly form from these trips. Like these trips, I mean, we keep the group small, six to eight people would be max. Um, Yeah, so eight people would be the maximum amount. We like to keep it at six because we really want people to connect with each other. We really want the women to connect with each other and connect deeper with themselves, but also leave the trip, leave the trip with this like group of lifelong best friends and feeling so connected to them too. Um, 
And on the trips, we host workshops, which will be kind of like our live, it'll be like coaching, but live on the getaway, um, just to really empower you to believe in yourself and follow your dreams, whatever that may be. And I just think the feelings that you will get from the trip is really the highlight of it. It's going to be life changing. And I mean, traveling for me in itself is just so life changing, but bringing together a group of women from all over, I just think it'll be, it'll be really special. So we'll just close up then with a couple of fun questions. I think we hit things pretty good here. Yeah. You've obviously traveled a lot and you have a lot of travels planned, but one place where you would love to live, where would it be? For me, I would love to live in Greece, Santorini, or in Athens, which I bet if you followed me, like you're not surprised by this. It's Greece <laughs> I can talk about. I swear that place changed me. I mean... The second I landed, it sounds crazy, but it really did change me. It's what helped me find freedom from, you know, my eating disorder and mental health. Like when I landed in Greece, something in me shifted and it was a life-changing experience. And if I could live there for my whole life, I would in a heartbeat. If you could meet any one person and maybe take them to Greece with you, who would it be? Ooh, if I could meet any one person. Hmm. That is such a hard one. Maybe, okay, Grace and I are obsessed with, we're, our new obsession is this singer called Capital T, and he's, like, an Albanian singer because we're super into, like, Europe music now, and, like, all we're listening to before a trip is European music. So I would meet him because like, right now he's the only person that, like, really stands out to me. I would meet Capital T. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to check him out. We're, like, been talking about how, like, we're going to stalk him in Europe and, like, find him. <laughs> so that's who I want to meet. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Allie. This was an amazing conversation that I think so many people will connect with, and I just can't thank you enough. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I thank you to Allie for taking time to chat with me today and being so patient with my lackluster tech skills. If you guys are interested in learning more about Allie and Grace's business, Fears to Freedom, you can find them at their website and Insta of Fears to Freedom. They also have their own Instagrams, which I'll link below in the show notes, and I highly suggest checking them out. They have wonderful feeds and hilarious stories. If you've been looking to broaden your horizons or try something new, I also suggest checking out their getaways, as I certainly will be. If you liked today's episode, I'd love if you left a rate or review. Heck, even subscribe. That way you never miss an episode, and it helps more people find the show. A win-win situation. Always feel free to connect with me on Insta. I'm at thrive underscore on life, all lowercase. And I love connecting with you guys, so never feel shy to reach out. I love feedback, good or bad. Until next time, bye.